Hello, and welcome to Movies Last Night. Never heard of the movie Coherence? I don't blame you. The 2013 science fiction thriller slipped by the radar even for the most die-hard, obscure movie fans. This week, Eric selected a movie for us to discuss. It's a new template for slow weeks at the box office. The setup is, is that we can only pick movies the other person hasn't seen, which sounds great on paper until I make Eric watch Solar Babies, and the whole podcast comes crashing to a halt. Coherence is a fascinating story. It fits nicely alongside Shane Carruth's Primer or even Christopher Nolan's Memento as proof of what a filmmaker can achieve on a small budget with a great idea. A plot mechanic so devilish with creativity that it propels the story at an almost breakneck pace whilst being so merciless it refuses to slow down to allow us to take stock of the events that are unfolding. Dinner parties are often tense affairs, the forced social interaction we subject ourselves to fraught with tension. This is our scene, a group comprised of ex-lovers, a failed ballerina, a former network television star and an amateur chemist with a powerful potion in her purse. What starts as an awkward reunion of sorts rapidly descends into chaos when a passing comet entering into the Earth's atmosphere flies overhead. What we think about reality suddenly splits and we are confronted with multiple overlapping instances of this same dinner party multiple versions of these same characters. Remember that tale of Schrodinger's cat? Take that box and fill it with neurotic, unpleasant 30-somethings. This is Coherence. Join myself and the legendary Eric Abraham as we try to make sense of a box of photographs, blue and red glow sticks, a ping-pong paddle, and a vial of ketamine. Without any further ado, let's get into it. Hello, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, very much looking forward to, to today's episode. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, could you tell me why you picked the movie Coherence for us to watch this week? Um, yeah, I I was kind of looking through uh, different movies uh, that we had talked about. Not that we had talked about, but we had talked about doing kind of a either I pick, you pick sort of thing. But it had to be um, a movie that the other person hadn't seen. And so I started kind of going down a list of movies that I thought maybe you hadn't seen before. And um, a couple of my picks were Blue Ruin Mm -hmm. um, and The Invitation. And then I and then I and then Gemini uh, jumped in my mind. But I knew you saw Gemini. And I was on the fence. I thought you had seen Invitation, and I wasn't a hundred percent about uh, Blue Ruin, but I was a hundred percent sure that you hadn't seen Coherence, um, because I, I just I started like looking at a, like a bunch of my back catalog that I really kind of something original, something that was really interesting, something that I wanted to talk to someone else about. But uh, the first time that I had seen it was probably. I don't know, like a year after it had been released. So I guess like uh, 2014, maybe. Um, oh, okay, is when yeah. is when I had heard about it, or maybe later 2013 because it had come out that year. And I'm sure maybe I saw a video on it or uh, someone else reviewing it and talking about it, and it sounded interesting. And uh, and I watched it, and I was kind of blown away by what it was, and uh, and I didn't have anybody to talk to. Uh, about you know so um once i rediscovered it and and we we had our conversation i was like oh this is the one i'm gonna pick because i am 
about 100% sure that he has not seen this because it kind of it flew under the radar, uh, a lot of people's radar. And I'm super surprised more people kind of don't talk about this movie. Yeah, no, I'm definitely surprised because, like you said, like talk about going underneath the radar. Um, I I was totally unaware of this movie, which when you suggested it to me, I I like I wasn't even familiar with the name. Like I, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I've heard of that movie because like the invitation that you mentioned before, I've heard of that movie. Um, yep. So like it was one of those movies where like when you mentioned the name, I had no idea what you were talking about, and I'm really pleased that you did because it was. I mean, a great way to start off this little, like, um, this, like, not a side project, but this, like, variation from the usual format for us. And yeah, I was, it, yeah. it did, it did cross my mind too. I was like, well, well, how did Eric find out about this? So I was guessing that, yeah, you must have seen a recommendation or, or something. Yeah, it, it, it was like that. You know, I'm one of those people who, you know, subscribes to a bunch of different movie channels or YouTube channels or something like that, and eventually you're going to run across a bunch of stuff that uh, a lot of people aren't talking about. So once that happens, then I usually try and seek those things out because it, it really sounded interesting. And I think when we get into it, uh, hopefully uh, people will kind of give it a chance. It is on Amazon prime right now. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Do yourself a favor. If you have that, uh, it's if you have that account, if you have an account, Amazon Prime account, uh, video, then there's there's no point in not watching it. It's an hour and a half long, and uh, it's it's super quick. It flies by. It, it's a really kind of tight hour and a half long. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's very tight, and it's kind of perfect for for something like this because I would definitely. I I know some of our. And I, I do this too. I listen to podcasts or I read reviews of movies that I haven't seen that like actively spoil things. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with it being spoiled because I want to see the movie, which is kind of yeah. weird. But I do that. But definitely on this one, you do not want to do that. No. Yeah. So let, let's say, yeah, let's say this right up front. We are going to spoil this movie. We spoil all the movies, but do yourself a favor. If you're even remotely interested in watching this movie, stop listening watch it it like i said it's an hour and a half long and then you can come back to kind of listen to what we have to say about it because i we're going to go into a bunch of different things about it probably go into supplementary things that we watched afterwards and um and really kind of get into it get into the weeds on it a little bit i think yeah no yeah definitely 100 and actually i ended up watching it i wish i had watched it on prime now uh, but I actually watched it initially for the first time because I've seen it multiple times now. I watched <laughs> it through through YouTube. Um, okay. It was just free on YouTube, which is great. Um, however, bear in mind, if you're going to do that and you don't have an Amazon Prime subscription, they are going to show commercials, which is quite a trip if you're not used to watching commercials, like to go back to having <laughs> commercials, breaking up your movie, um, which yeah. I did. I did. But in a way, though, it kind of works for this movie to have those commercial breaks because you do need sometimes to just pause it and be like, okay, like, okay, where am I? Like, okay, like, I want to make sure I'm, I mean, you might, you might be really smart and you might get it straight away, but I definitely actually benefited from the breaks um, with this one. So did you benefit from watching it a second time then? Uh, yes, I did benefit from watching a second time, but, What's interesting about this movie is, it, so obviously the movie it, is very complicated. The second time you watch it, if anything, though, it kind of makes things more complicated because I feel like there's a version of this movie that you can see without going into any supplementary um, material and having, like, explainers. It, you will kind of automatically deduct your own, like, um, theory of what how everything plays out. Yeah, which is which is yeah. great. When you watch it a second time, though, you automatically go, "Oh well, I was wrong about all of that." So then it opens up another thing, and it's like kind of like this endless loop you can get into. Uh, where <laughs> it, I, really, I, it, it really is, yeah, it really is. Because I'm watching it. The this is the second time I had watched it um, from the first time, long time ago. I mean, I I remember kind of everything about it, um, but then watching it a second time, I came up with a completely different conclusion as to what 
everything happened from when I originally watched it. So I, that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of, uh, smart movie that this is uh, oh, yeah. because it's going to, it is, it's going to make you question a lot of things and you really kind of have to follow these people super closely. Be, otherwise you're going to get kind of mixed up and lost in everything that's going to happen. Yeah. So just to break it down, the the overall the overall like outline of the plot for this movie is that there is a dinner party that takes place um, amongst a, a group of adults um, who I don't believe any of them are family members, but the def it's a group of friends, isn't it? I don't I don't know if any yeah, of them are actually yeah. related. There's there's a couple they're in all, there who are all, married. Yeah, yeah, they're, but uh, just close close friends, close friends. Yeah, so like a close knit friend group because they're all obviously around the same age, and um, they have it. it they are throwing this dinner party. Uh, so at this dinner party, everybody arrives one by one uh, or group by group uh, to the dinner party. And it kind of goes as the usual dinner party will will go. The movie set up very much like, um, and this is why I kind of knew you would like this movie when I saw it, because it it definitely has that kind of like mumblecore framework where it's, it, it's um, mm. very, very like, not, I would, wouldn't say fly on the wall, but it's, there's there's no like staging to any of this. It's just very much like okay, it, it plays out like a like a humdrum, very uneventful and typical like a uh, dinner party. It's a, uh, at least it's for the most like part. A, it, it, it's a slice of life. Like yeah, it's the camera. The camera is set. Everybody's having their conversations, and you're just kind of almost a fly on the wall as everything's happening. It's not a thing where it's uh, one character speaks dialogue, then it then another person responds like a call and response sort of yeah thing. it's, it's like very naturalistic very naturalistic everybody's talking at once you're having to pick up on on little cues what people are saying little body ticks the way certain characters are reacting to how other people are talking or how they're commenting so it's not it's not very um i don't want to say user friendly but it's it's something that you really have to pay close attention to Oh, for sure, and um, because it, upon multiple viewings, you will find that a lot of a lot of stuff that's actually very critical in, to how the movie plays out happens totally in 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 just passing dialogue and like passing situations. So, yeah, the weird thing is, is when you're watching it, say for the first time, and you're you're listening to the dialogue, uh, certain characters are saying certain things, and if you're not aware of what the movie is then you're you're just kind of like oh that's a throwaway line or that's whatever they're talking about it's just non- yeah exactly non- nonsense or or you're not understanding why they're talking about something or why another uh character isn't reacting a certain way and at that first view and you're like oh okay well that's nothing let's just move on with it but that thing is super important to what's going on oh yeah th- yeah there's definitely moments of that um, so as the as the um, the evening progresses, it, we are made aware of the fact that um, there's actually uh, on this evening there's going to be a comet that's going to be flying by, um, and and it's obviously the build up to this has probably I assume been taking place in the news. People have been reading about it, following it. One of the characters, the main character, um, the female character whose name is um, M. Um, uh, is that um, the main yeah. main female character? She actually, as soon as she gets to the um, to the party, she's very into this. So she's very she, she she's mentioning the comet. Uh, there seems to be an, an an occurrence where the comet is causing, or there's a theory that the comet is causing people's cell phone screens to crack, um, which is kind of it. It isn't really referenced again. It's referenced again in, in terms of a plot point, but it's not like um, there's no explanation uh, like explainers giving for oh well how could a comet cause your cell phone screen to crack mm-hmm. um yeah so so we know that she's very aware of what's going on so i'm just trying to kind of compress this down as much as i can so the this is all taking place we know that the comments have come in over it so everybody's sitting down to dinner it's, all of the usual stuff's playing out um when all of a sudden there's a power cut and everybody's like, oh my yeah. God, what's going on? Uh, the power cut happens, and we're presuming that the power cut happens because the comet's flying overhead. So everybody goes outside to try and figure out what's going on, what, like, see if everybody else in the neighborhood, the power's gone out, and then they witness the comet passing. Um, 
At this point, they realize that there's one of the house on the street that they can see that has power. So they're like, okay, well, that's weird. But one of the houses has power. I wonder why they have power. They must have their own generator because the power's gone off everywhere. It's like pitch blackness. Um, yeah. So um, a plan is hatched whereby um, the characters decide to uh, venture out to this other house in order to uh, see if they know what's going on, see if they've got, you know what I mean, like touch base, uh, find out what's happening. And uh, the group splinters as some people go to do this and some people remain back at the house. Um, So long story short, what ultimately ends up happening is through these characters leaving the house, they discover that the other house that they go to is actually a mirrored, identical replica of the house that they just came from. So what's happened is essentially that they've realized that there is another house on the same street that they are that's the exact same house that has the exact same people in it. So all of a sudden, it's as if the world's been split into two, and now all of a sudden there's a mirror version of everything that they have in this house. Um, Mirrored exactly. The the same people are in the house. The house is exactly the same. And then um, that's basically the trigger for the movie to start to spiral um, in in terms of complexity and like um, development, uh, but the basic the basic flashpoint for that is that and, and we believe that this is caused by some kind of anomaly that the that the comet uh, has set off is set off a chain chain of events. So the theory being that if we live um, in there are multiple stacked universes on top of each other. So based around every decision that you make in your life or every offshoot that could potentially happen, it's like, oh, I was going to cross the road. Well, I didn't cross the road, but in the reality that you did cross the road, you might have got hit by a car, which so that that separate reality just shoots off. Um, so the theory mm-hmm. being that all yeah. these realities are stacked on top of each other. And what's happened is on this very occurrence, the comet is somehow triggered the 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 block that exists between all of these realities has been lifted. Therefore, all of these realities can start to play out and interact with each other for this limited time. It seems. I don't know precisely how they how that's explained, but we suddenly become aware. I, yeah, I don't think it's ever really explained. That it just no, I don't happens. think it is. I think we have yeah, to. Just, you have to roll with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so once. Let, let's say this. So once you're sitting down, I'll say when I first watched it and then when I rewatched it too, uh, let me pose this question to you. If you were someone who was at that party, or, or would you even be at that party? Because oh, I well, found yeah. myself... <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I, I found myself watching these people and thinking, I can't stand any of these people. I would not set foot in 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 this house to have a dinner with these people like nothing like that they're all super neurotic people they all just have so many most of them are very problematic self self-centered like uh, i just i i wouldn't want to have a conversation with any of them is is the thing but the the trick that happens is once everything kind of kicks off I become involved. I become invested in, in. Oh well, yeah, for sure. And who the who they are, and and the outcome of what is going to happen. Um, I, I don't know what were your kind of first impressions of, be, because it really doesn't kind of kick off for I want to say at least the first fifteen minutes of it. Yeah, um, I was going to say yeah. They they actually do do some kind of interesting foreshadowing uh, upon repeat viewing, but in an initial viewing, yeah, when you're watching it. Um, I obviously I didn't know anything to do with the plot, so I hadn't I, I didn't go into it with with this like um, oh so I read a plot synopsis and I know that at some point this is going to happen. Um, yeah, I knew I knew it was somehow a science fiction film, um, but I figured it would just play out as it did. But yeah, so like initially, yeah, my first thoughts were like, oh, these people are gross. I definitely would not <laughs> be in a situation like this. Um, <laughs> were you were you thinking why 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 did Eric make me watch this? Why yeah, I was like, this? oh great, Eric, not not another mumblecore movie. Because uh, the characters are, I mean, and, and this will come into place uh, into play later on. Um, there's a lot of sour and a lot of bitter people at this party. Uh, it seems like the a lot of these characters are very. 
I can hear my dog barking in the background. A lot of these characters are very like negative. At least that's how they come across. Like unhappy somehow with how their life's turned out. Um, yeah. Di- you know, like um, holding on to this kind of resentment. And whether it's resentment towards other people or resentment towards... Um... Oh, bear with me. I'm, I'm just going to put a pin in this here. And I'm going to see why she's barking. I'll be two seconds. Okay, sorry. Uh, mailman came and Lucy lost her bloody mind. <laughs> just to be a typical dog stereotype. Um, okay, so... Um... Yeah, we'll just jump right back into it. What were you saying? Um, shit, what were we saying? Oh, um, about the dinner party itself and kind of the the, the cast of characters. That they oh, are. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like, because everybody's in it, introduced as being these kind of, like, um, I would say broken, almost broken, like, broken by time, you know, um, in terms of, like, we have, like, the, the washed-up actor, who was very successful in, in a, in a pretty funny joke about that too, obviously being that the, the, um, the character Mike, who, um, was apparently a recurring character on the television show Roswell, which is a real TV show is actually played by an actor called Nicholas Brendan, who was a recurring character on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. So, I looked at, I, I looked that yeah. up afterwards cause I, I wasn't sure if that was kind of pulled from, um, real life or not. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty fun little twist. Like, it was very knowing because I think a lot of people watching it, I'm not a big Buffy yeah. fan, but I was definitely recognized him straight away and I was like, oh, it's a dude from Buffy. So I think it's I, a pretty out of cute, everybody cute at, little joke. At, yeah, everybody at that uh, dinner table, that's the person that you recognize the most. I, th- I think most people watching, they will have seen him in some way and everybody else is kind of unknown at that point. It feels like that, yeah. I, I the, the other characters I'm very not familiar. Like, I think maybe it's the character who plays Kevin, who's M's uh, boyfriend. He looks vaguely familiar to me, but I don't know why. Um, it's probably, you know, I didn't bother to. I didn't really bother to deep dive on any of the actors um, mm-hmm. a, a, after the movie, and I think that's why. I think because the this movie is very much. Um, the success of this movie lies in like the, the the screenplay, and and like the movie to me isn't like it's not one of those movies where like oh that was a standout performance. I think everybody does really good work in the movie, but I don't yeah. think anybody's like particularly stellar. Um. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I well, no, no. I I see what you're saying. No, nobody kind of outweighs one one person or another. Um. But uh, interesting, you say screenplay. That's interesting because I, after watching something, uh, after watching this, and then I kind of watched a little supplementary. Ninety-five uh, percent of the dialogue is all improvised. It is okay. Well, uh, that's super interesting because then the, again puts this movie back in that mumblecore kind of. Um universe uh because i believe a lot of that stuff is is improvised too which is why it feels like it feels because i did feel when i'm when i'm watching it the interactions between a lot of the characters yeah whilst it felt natural it felt unnatural too in a sense that like i i felt like there was parts of the movie where i could see the um the actors acting yeah i and and the thing was is uh the director like gave each individual person like note cards about maybe, maybe uh, like the beats he wanted to hit or like little story ideas or just character ideas uh, oh, okay. for that for that day. And some people like uh, Lee, who was uh, Mike's wife, uh-huh. thought she didn't know what type of movie she was in. She thought she might have been in a comedy. Initially, oh, that's a with, with, that's amazing. Within the first few, yeah, within the first few days, because their because their lines were were improvised. She she kind of was acting a certain way, thinking that the movie was a might have been a comedy, or or just maybe a dark comedy, or or had comedic vibes to it. So okay, yeah, it's super interesting to how how you kind of watch people act because it's all. It's all improv improvisational. Uh, that, what they're doing. Yeah. I, I, um, that makes a lot of sense. And, though, that you've told me that because, yeah. N- now knowing that, 
that that I think also describes why it's so awkward. Um, and, and you're assuming that it's awkward because these people just don't like each other, but it's also awkward in the sense that like it, they're just playing off each other the entire yeah, the, time. Yeah, which which definitely opens up a lot, and that definitely explains Mike's wife. How I felt I was vibing from her during the movie that she wasn't taking the events as serious as everybody else was. Yeah, but I guess yeah. she didn't really know what was happening up until that would explain why she was she she came across as being very like almost like happy go lucky, which felt tonally weird to me. Um, yeah. So I, that does it, explain it, some of that. Yeah, and then there was kind of an interesting with with Mike with Mike too, the character of Mike. He was really kind of playing on this um, this kind of alcoholic ex alcoholic kind of stereotype, where it was like some of his dialogue was super aggressive, and he was coming off really aggressive in, in certain scenes. And uh, the director kind of wrote in. Um, or suggested uh, uh, that there's a certain uh, shot setup where it's just those two, and they're kind of having this intimate moment to kind of bring the story kind of back down to a more kind of uh, human or a, a closer emotional level. Um, so it, so you just automatically weren't thinking this was the antagonist of of the. the the film the entire time or that he was like the jerk of the film, which, which just wasn't, wasn't the case. He was just kind of mentally breaking down as everything was going on. But yeah. I mean, the way that he was acting was just his interpretation of what that character was going through at the time. So it's weird that you have, he was going through a certain thing and then she was going through kind of a, an aloof, not sure uh, how the story was playing out. And then, then the director kind of brings them in into that one scene where it really kind of humanizes both characters um, at that time. So I, I found that like super interesting. Um, that is super interesting um, because yeah, just it definitely explains um, a, a lot. And I think also it's a really cool way to do, to do this because obviously it's no surprise that the movie was done on such a small budget. I mean, looking at the movie, you can see why that the, it, it essentially really only takes place between like a driveway and this living room in a kitchen. Really? That's pretty much it. Um, yeah. which is, and that was the, that was the director's house. Oh, it was the director's house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that, that's even more interesting than, um, <laughs> So he obviously knew where you get all the good angles from because he lives there, you know. So he yeah. already had it set up. But I mean, that, yeah, how was, inspiring yeah, was, was that? Yeah, it, it was. It was his house. They shot it over five days, and uh, there was like two cameramen or something like one or two cameramen and two sound guys, something like that. Uh huh. And uh, and he made kind of a conscious decision to shoot close up on things because if you shoot it wide, you're just, you're looking at the entire scene the entire time and, and people might get lost on what's going on with each character sort of thing. So, I mean, yeah. all the choices that were made that were made visually in this were just spot on in, in, in my opinion, because it really invests you in what is going on with these people. Um, because otherwise, yeah, you're just looking at kind of chaos going around in the scene itself. But if you're if you're just focusing on one or two people at a time, you, you're really like, okay, what are, what's their motivation? What are they trying to get out of it? Yeah, what are they trying to solve? Sort of deal. Um, so, what uh, what's your kind of opinion on on the protagonist of the film, which is M? And kind of what she what she eventually ends up doing, yeah. But um, it kind of interesting interesting enough, she wasn't even aware that she was the protagonist of the film, and I don't yeah. think that that, yep. that 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 was figured out until probably last day of shooting or something like that, because it's just how everything played out. That's interesting. 
Yeah, so she wasn't playing it like, oh, I'm the lead actress and, and this yeah, is the yeah. lead role. W- w- Not at all, yeah. Which I think is is nice in a way because it allows... Uh, it, she's She definitely doesn't feel like she's overacting in this movie at all. Like It, it very feels like on par. Um, I thought she was great. I, I think that actress is good. I really like her story. I really like how she she is the lead because we'll get into this later on, but like ultimately I think she's the only original character that we follow throughout the whole movie. So that's um, what I was going to say too. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else ends up being different variants of themselves from different universes that all collide and cross crossover, which we'll get into because that's a whole, like a whole incredibly complicated situation. But <laughs> suffice to say, like she ultimately is the one character that is the original character throughout the whole movie. Um, so, we're essentially we're essentially following her um all of these things that are interacting we're we're aware of these things are going on but the one person to concentrate on in terms of how the movie pans out is her um which i thought was really clever there's there's actually a really cool part and i noticed this this is just off my own interpretation um before i started you know researching the movie and then starting to watch all the explainers and everything to try and like really get into it um is that they they do a very interesting thing where they describe her career and she's a she's a dancer and she must have written this um like a dance play or whatever they call I don't know when you write something for dance like yeah but yeah you know what I mean so she wrote this big yeah. dance piece um and uh she ended up they they were like okay well we're going to put money into this we're going to produce this thing but we don't think that you're a big enough name to sell this we need to get like this big prima ballerina i think she's a ballerina uh in to make sure that we get asses in the seats because we need like name recognition so she ends up uh creating this this piece um gets ousted from being the lead and then gets replaced by somebody far more famous than her and then they ask her, well, okay, do you want to stick around? You you can be her understudy and then be her backup. Now, her pride gets in the way and she's like, no, I don't want to be the backup for somebody else on a bloody play thing that I wrote, that, which is insane. Yeah, That's like saying, you know what I mean? Like, would anybody want to do that? It's bonkers. So she actually is like, no, nah, I'm piecing out of this. I don't want any part of this. And then the, the, um, the tragedy happens that... Um, Somebody else who's another unknown, very obscure unknown, they they take up the role as the understudy to this prima ballerina. Um, Shit goes down, this prima ballerina ends up having to withdraw from the show before it starts. The understudy takes on the role and then ends up becoming hella famous because of it. Like, crazy famous. <laughs> so, she gets a total kick in the teeth because not only did she get uh, ousted from the thing that she created... If she had have taken the understudy role and just had a swallow yeah. of pride, now she'd be as famous, if not more famous, than the lady who took over from her. Well, not even, is... not even, th- yeah, that, but also kind of living probably her her dream life. I yeah, which is which is total foreshadowing in terms of the movie because if the movie is about alternate realities and about what would have happened had you made different decisions or various uh, outcomes that could be like. Uh, possibilities from your life talk about always living with that hanging over you the whole time you're going to be like well what if what if where would it be now would it be successful would I be happy how has my life played out and the the fact of the matter is is that there is a reality where you did do that so there is a reality where you are happy because in, in one of these universes you did actually decide to go through go ahead with the play now for every good reality that there would be in your life there's probably the the possibilities are endless so every version of yourself can and does exist according to this movie so there's yeah. the the version of yourself where you become really successful there's a version of yourself where you you could have got in shit way before and never even wrote this uh ballet um you could be um in mike's case mike's an alcoholic in one one of these universes he's not an alcoholic and one he is uh in one of these universes he's really famous now and his career still kept going after roswell um there's another universe that exists where he wasn't even in roswell um yeah <laughs> so it's like talk about like head scratcher but like well that's what's great about m is we already know that she is dealing with with regrets from decisions that she's made so when when the movie ultimately ends up with her deciding to be like okay fuck this um the i i'm 
I know she ends up basically in a house and she's the only sole person in the house. Everybody else that's in the group that's in the house with her at the end of the movie is not from her reality. Um, no, so basically, no, no. Yeah. she she's like, well, I don't want to be here. These people are horrible. Like, I, like I'm not happy. I don't want to... Because the theory is, is that after the comet passes, the... Um, everything returns back to normal and all of these universes while still existing are no longer able to interact with each other. So the, the, the cosmic link or the doorway, if you like, it gets closed. Um, yeah. So they all kind of, I guess they fold into each other at that point. Yeah, I totally. Guess. So it's like stacked, I, I suppose. So she obviously becomes aware of this. So she's like, okay, screw it. Then I'm going to have to, I, I got to get out of this. I'm going to go and take a risk in, um, I, I got to find a better reality for myself. Now, talk about the odds of that being very difficult to do, because obviously at the end of the movie, she does, uh, we assume, find a better reality um, in, a, in a house where it's all original inhabitants. Nobody left this house. Um, so the house that where she ends up going to, um, all of the characters at the dinner party stayed inside the house. They never went outside the house. They never ventured off into the, to look for the other house. They, they, weren't aware of the situation so um she finds herself in which was in, yeah which was the right move initially which was the the correct move to do initially. yeah so note to self if you ever find yourself uh in a, in a combat type situation <laughs> keep your ass put don't go outside um but i mean but talk about the odds of that though because obviously it, that's like kind of her like redemption arc even though she gets super sinister in order to do it because in order for her to end up in this uh, more picture perfect reality she has to get rid of the emily that's living in that reality this perfectly nice normal version of emily she's like i gotta get i gotta get this chick out of here because this is the one i want to live in so she becomes well murderous essentially yeah which is like um but i mean that's the gamble she decided to take because she just didn't want to end up stuck in that shitty reality that she ended up in um and and i think that's a, they- that's a nice a nice like it's a nice start and stop. It's like a nice story arc for her, I think. Yeah, it, but they they kind of touch on this a little bit with different characters. Like, what if in this reality I'm the bad version of myself? Oh yeah, and exactly. What hap- yeah, what happens when I go into kind of a better or a good version of myself? How how am I going to deal with that s- sort of thing? You know? Yeah, and if she's so operating it's on interest- a, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. By by the end, it's like the the bad or worse version, the version that's made all the wrong choices. Kind of is put herself in the most optimal version of 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 what she wants to be. Because it it appears at least that everybody at that at at that end house is is happy and and all put together and and everything is kind of how it's supposed to be, you know, the, yeah, the her relationship's steady. Yeah. Yeah. With, with everybody. Yeah. And, um, and so how will her, how were, will her being there affect that reality from that point going on? Will that, will that kind of continue to be the most like positive kind of ultimate, uh, vision of, how you how you want your reality to be or by her being there will it all come crashing down yeah but she there's poisoned no, it. yeah yeah there's no possible way that she can get out of this reality at that point oh yeah because once you're in as far as we know like you you're stuck you're bloody stuck where you are um which yeah. but think about it eric though i mean like i know the movie had to do it but like what are the odds in 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 what are the odds that you find that one house where everything's like that i mean because like you could you could go into a house and everybody could be bloody like deranged or like, like you don't know Wait, the, yeah. you know, which you got to see, you know, which you got to see when she just decided to to walk away from the whole situation. And she got to see multiple realities of everything that's going on. And there were some yeah. pretty bad ones happening. Oh yeah. Um, um, but I think, I think there was a certain point where, where they were all kind of sitting down trying to figure everything out. And one of them busts out a calculator and they were doing uh, kind of like um, all like the odds, when they were, all like the um, yeah the, the possibilities, yeah the, yeah the yeah the possibilities of the of the role of the roles and 
stuff like that. And one of them busted out a calculator and it was like 5 million something possibilities. So I think, you know, that was a little kind of foreshadowing uh, to how many possible versions of everything that was going on out there at the time. Now, in, in reality, I think when it was when it was written, it was only written as, okay, there's only two houses out there, and this is what we're going to kind of examine. Okay. But as, as, as things started to kind of spiral out, they had to kind of write, okay, no, there's, there's four houses, there's five houses. And then the, then at that point there's like, okay, it's, it's pro it's possible. There's infinite houses out yeah. there. Um, if they're just going along with this logic, you know, mm -hmm. um, so. Which is, which is like, which is crazy. Cause like the whole time <laughs> I'm watching it. So two things occurred to me when I'm watching the movie. Um, yeah. The, Two things that I, I I was really struggling to get my head around. One is um the the way that the way that the characters seem to be reacting to the situation that's going on. Obviously, because for the first half of the movie, we assume this is the entire original lineup. Like these are all all of this cast is still from the same universe. So when yeah. we're watching them, the the way they're reacting to this situation, I'm like, your head would explode. Like <laughs> like wouldn't your head just like literally explode if you found out this was going on like i i, I, I don't I, I don't yeah i don't think that they fully comprehend everything that's going on at the time it's just like there's something weird we're trying to figure out yes there's another reality that we have experienced that we have seen but i don't think they i don't think certain people kind of put it together how like just how chaotic it truly is uh, oh, yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. I think there's, there's still probably an element of like, okay, everybody's freaking out. Like um, th this can't be as crazy as it seems. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like you're coping with it. So like you're, you're going along with what's happening, but probably in your head, you're imagining that it isn't actually happening. Um, yeah. In that it can, or this will be explained to me. Like, like we'll figure this out. Like some, you know, cause I mean like, the dealing with the the this being dropped on you would just like crush your head it would just be like <laughs> a total head fucker yeah. um yeah, so because like, at, yeah at some point you're like okay i i've had a relationship with this person for uh, a very long time decades maybe and once they come back through the door once they walk through this door i might never see that person again but the person that i do see is an exact uh an exact like copy of them it well in actuality it is actually them just a different reality and i don't know that person yeah <laughs> they might as well be strangers because you, they would have they like, might as well be strangers yeah yeah because you you don't know that that which is when emily ends up in that other universe um obviously the twist or the kicker the stinger and the tail is that um the other emily's still the original emily not our original Emily, the original Emily from this universe that she's decided to get herself into the the utopia uh, type yeah. of type of one. She's still alive. Emily didn't manage to kill it. So basically, all of a sudden, they're like she's finding herself in a situation. Um, but even if that didn't happen, and say she was successful in killing off new Emily and uh, yeah. basically taking over her life, like could you imagine living that life where you'd have to like? assume that like when people are talking to the, you like your histories with these people are going to be slightly different so they're yeah, going to mention yeah, things they, that you're going to be like uh did i do that with you and it's like you'll essentially yeah. like live in a lie from that point yeah yeah exactly yeah you don't know you don't know exactly what has changed in this kind of timeline where similar to that kind of original um dinner party that we're introduced in where it's where it was like Oh no, I was on this show. Oh no, I never saw you on that show. I didn't know you were on that show. You know, when they're talking oh, yeah. about that television show. So it's like that that person, that character had never seen uh that actor in that show because in their timeline it was something completely different. You know? Yeah. And I realize I realized that people might be listening to, listening to this podcast now and are totally confused. So I'm praying that you've watched this by now yeah. and are able to kind of keep up. I'm, I'm really hoping that they're just not 
you know, listening to this kind of on on faith and are going to go back and watch it. I, oh I want God, you yeah. to watch it, but but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if listening to this is is helping the situation out or not. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, honestly, at this point, if you've made it this far into this podcast and you haven't seen the movie Coherence, we've just been speaking like gibberish for the past 40 minutes, like complete <laughs> gibberish. So like credit to you, you know what I mean? Like obviously like the sounds yeah. of our sexy voices, which I don't blame you. Um, so the, the, so that was one of the, of the two things that like I blew my mind. That was one of them. Like uh, just, you know, you it's always great. I think in a movie where you're like you, automatically the whole movie go well what would i do in that situation if you can like imagine yourself in that situation it makes the movie yeah. seem like you know you, you form this attachment to what's happening straight away because like you're very um you you want you like can imagine yourself in that situation um so the second thing that was blowing my mind was how do you write something like this like how did he write this movie and like I th I guess what you said is true that if he started based around I'm just going to do it on these two houses, um, in these two yeah. realities interacting with each other, and then he realized as the way that the 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 quantum physics works out that like it 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 means that he has to keep building on it because he was writing it and then he was realizing oh shit well if I do this technically that means this could happen and this could happen so he's kind of developing this idea from just like a basic idea that he has and it's definitely not basic but like a, a starting point I, and it's getting yeah, more convoluted I, as he's writing it I think he had kind of a basic idea of what he wanted to do in the beginning um he uh, he had a, a he always saw it as a kind of a twilight zone episode in a way for sure um, yeah i could yeah, see that I, I think that's why he yeah why he was more kind of concentrated on on just having two houses and then everything kind of spiraled out from there um but i he i think he just had a very bare bones idea of what he wanted to accomplish in the time that he had to accomplish it you know uh, it it was a it was a story that i mean i think kind of almost took on a life of its own i mean if you're having actors improvise a large portion of their lines you you just have to kind of go with it as it's playing out and just steer it however you want to steer it back a, a certain way to kind of fit within your story but I, I don't. I don't think that he had this grand idea of how people were going to interpret it in the end. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I. I think. I think he kind of made something that he thought was going to be like people were going to talk about. People were going to be really kind of thinking and discussing. But to the level that it happened, um, I don't know if he was going to be aware of of how it kind of took hold of people. I think he's still giving, he's still kind of touring uh, certain places and still talking about this movie. And it's, this movie's like what, almost eight years, eight years yeah. old. And he hasn't you know, made a movie he's... since. He hasn't made a movie no, since. No, no. Um... He, um, he, he has worked on very kind of successful uh, movie projects. Um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, before, uh... before this, yeah. Like yeah. he did the uh, Rango and. Pirates. Um, Pirates, yeah, he, yeah. Worked, he said he worked a lot with Gore Verbinski, um, and okay. he kind of, so he kind of saw how how scale worked in the in the movie industry. Like like he he knew what it was to make these kind of grand pictures, and his idea was I want to make something small and controllable, and in a, in a short in a short amount of time with a sh small budget and to tell a really interesting story, and. I think he truly succeeded at what he was, what he was 100% uh, trying, yeah, trying to do because 100%. this one just, you know, just blew it out of the water. I mean, it's such an interesting, I mean, if, if you like kind of uh, like thinking science fiction, high concept movies, this is it. And it's not, it's not science fiction in the, in the sense where it's like, you know, there's, robots and aliens and all this like weird stuff happening on it. it's just people in a house having dinner and this 
weird occurrence happens and there's and there's you know there's not i i don't know i don't i can't imagine there's a lot of special effects going on here at all it's just really i don't think it's any off yeah other than that yeah the, the comet like you see a picture of the comet but i think that's literally it yeah um yeah. it would have to be really um yeah which is it, it which is great and like yeah it, it just talk about like a, 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 like talk about an accomplishment an accomplishment of like you know like a, a, a clear vision and uh trusting your actors and uh trusting your um you the genesis of this idea and that it's strong enough to 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 make a, a comp- but also the restraint to, to to keep it like it is because like it would be easy for like somebody with a budget to make a total meal out of this movie um and i feel oh, like yeah. th- you know this i feel got like out of hand super quick yeah oh yeah and it, i think it would have been unintelligible i mean it's it's borderline unintelligible right now but in a way that's <laughs> like it, it demands repeat viewings it demands you do some do you know like um to to and you'll want to do it you'll want to rewatch it you'll want to like investigate you'll want to want to watch the youtube explainer videos um normally which i don't like doing but you want to do it in this because it's fascinating you know what i mean like it's like mm-hmm. it's like you're learning a puzzle and you're and you're like unpacking a puzzle you know what this movie is this movie is like the micro budget anti-tenant so it's like <laughs> that, what happens is when you throw 200 million dollars behind coherence you end up with tenet yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? I ne- yeah, I never thought of that, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand. You do, whereas I feel like I wanted to, I wanted to understand Tenet more, but, um, just like I wanted to understand this movie more, but I feel like I was more inclined to do it with this movie because it, it just seems like such a chore to do it with Tenet because Tenet is so big. I, what Tenet has going for it, obviously, is that the movie is just a spectacle, um yeah so you can watch it and you can watch and disengage from the story because it, it it's indecipherable pretty much that movie but you can disassociate from it and just watch how beautiful everything is and how wonderful and massive everything is so you can enjoy it on that level but i feel like with this movie obviously you don't have any of that like there's nothing there's i mean everything's competently made but it's not like visually interesting at all the movie um but it that's why it's not because it allows you to really focus in on this. And like, I felt like I had it, even though this movie is arguably as complicated as Tenet, um, it, it feels more, um, it feels like I could follow this movie. Yeah. And it felt like I could keep up with this movie more, even though I'm not keeping up with it. I felt like I was keeping up with it and I wanted to keep going with it. Whereas Tenet, yeah, I was like, I don't get this. This makes no sense. Whatever. Forget. There's, There's some cool explosions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can't. I can't. So it is the anti-tenant, really. Um, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. Two different ways to approach this 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 type of filmmaking, and obviously Christopher Nolan started doing this kind of filmmaking in this kind of like very complex um, with Memento, or probably even what was his movie before that? The following. Um, yeah, following. So like. So talk about somebody like who started like this and then ended up taking still making those kind of movies, but making them with a two hundred two hundred million dollar budget. I know, I know. Um, which you know he is doing. That's literally what he's doing. Whereas, like, I wonder with this the guy that made this movie, if he would, um, you know, like if movies were coming coming at him, like if he would keep making movies like this and 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 he would go the 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 Nolan route or like what Shane Carruth probably would have done if he hadn't have like self-imploded is yeah. Shane, Shane Carruth's another buddy, another person makes a movie primer um, equally as complicated as this movie. Um, yeah. He's more of a visual. I feel like it's a more of a visually interesting movie primer. I think he's, Shane Carruth still kind of a, approaches it from more of a, like a less mechanical point of view. And, and, he, and he, it's mechanical, but there's also like, there's like an artistry kind of to Caruth stuff, um, yeah. visually. Whereas this movie is just mechanical. It's like pure mechanics. Um, yeah. And yeah, so no, Shane Caruth would be so yeah, like, I, what would he do with two hundred million dollar budget? You know. Yeah, I I think it kind of falls. It falls right in the middle. You know, mm-hmm. you have Caruth uh, Caruth on one side where it's just like it's so cerebral uh, mixed with Terrence Malick. 
and um, then you have uh, coherence, and it it just it follows that kind of a logic line that I think with multiple viewings you can really hone in on everything that's going on, and then you have that the the last part, which is Nolan, who has almost become bigger like grander than what he set out to be and maybe some of his movies like tenet just kind of got away you know he's telling he's telling this type of story but on such a grand scale that it's impossible to kind of follow Mm -hmm. um i wonder if that's why people seem cold on tenet uh because i why because it's not possible to make movies like this um on that kind of a scale Without no, people getting I mean, cold yeah, to them. I, I, I don't think you can make a movie like this on that type of budget because it's like, where did the money go? You know, yeah, where? what did yeah. you spend the money on? It's like, I didn't need to spend the money on anything. I just yeah. had a really good story, you know? Yeah. And, and then at that point, it's like, I, I didn't even have to write a screenplay because these actors are so good at what they do that they they wrote it themselves. And I just kind of gave them kind of a, a kind of a base outline or, or just like character character uh, note notes that, that they can act upon, you know? So, yeah. th- I mean, th- this movie re- really kind of blew me away. Um, uh, e- even on the second viewing where I was like, oh yeah, this happened. And, and then I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's not, that's not Amir and Hugo. That's not who that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, well, uh, the, uh, the, the only original person that I think that we really experience in this movie is M. And I that's think it right is. in the beginning. Yeah. Because I as soon as she's talking, yeah, as soon as she's talking to someone in her car and her phone cracks, that's the first kind of split that happens because mm-hmm. she's gone through that kind of blackness. And so the house that she shows up at, I don't know that she knows any of those people. I don't think she does because there's an argument too that when um, Amir shows up with um, the the his new girlfriend, who is um, M's partner's ex girlfriend, um, yeah. and obviously she, she's a bit worried. She's a bit apprehensive about this chick coming. I've got to stop saying chick. She's, <laughs> she's a bit apprehensive about this lady coming over to the house because she's um, she's like, oh, the, she has a past with my boyfriend. She's apparently yeah. a bit of a man eater. You know, I, I feel like I feel like a little weird about the whole situation. Um, so when when she, I'm gonna look up her name real quick because I, I, it's very difficult to keep track of her. Her, her character is called Laurie. So when Amir shows Laurie, up yeah, with Laurie, was... um, so the the scene when she's talking to Mike and and they're asking everybody, hey, what do you do? Like, what do you do? And Mike's like, hey, I was on that TV show Ro- uh, Roswell. And uh, Laurie's like, um, that's weird. I don't recognize you. I used to watch that show all the time. And he's like, no, I was in it. Yeah. And she's like, I don't recognize you. Now, at first, when I was watching that, I was like, wow, she's being a total asshole to him. Like, is she doing yeah. this on purpose? Like, does, <laughs> does she, she know who she is? In- <laughs> yeah. And I, but I feel like on first reading, you'd, you'd watch it and you go, this, this Laurie chick's a real piece of work. But she could be coming from a unit because when her and Amir show up to the house, they've come through the darkness. So it's her and Amir, when they show up at the house, just like Emily or M show up at a house. That's not, not their people. They show up in an alternative universe. Um, yeah, because she's yeah. she's not being an asshole. She just probably saw a different version of Roswell where he wasn't, wasn't in it, which I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is crazy how it actually <laughs> all of the all of the switching starts from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 doesn't start happening from when the blackout happens and we become aware of the switching. The switching's yeah, already yeah. been going on, which is so cool, that, dude. That's the cra- That's the crazy thing is we don't even know about it. Yeah, we have no. Uh, yeah, and and they don't know about it. Yeah. Um, and they don't, I don't think, uh, and a lot of them don't actually even come to that conclusion throughout all of the shit that happens. I, Emily, I think, is only one, Emily and Mike are the only two people who come, I think, come to the conclusion of who they are uh, and, and, yeah, and where they've come um, from. And I think it's 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 Emily who, um, or M, I'm not sure if she goes by Emily or M, Um she's the one who kind of sees it bare at first. She's like, 
all right, I I am I'm realizing that I don't know any of these people. Yeah, and, she's the one that puts it together and first. They, and it all and they don't they don't actually all I don't know if they don't believe her, but they don't they don't kind of catch up or experience it all at the same time either. And then the yeah, and then there's some characters that we just never really see again, you know, because mm-hmm. when Hugh when Hugh and Amir leave that first time, like we never see them again. The people no, who yeah. show back up are yeah. from a completely different house. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, a lot when a lot of characters leave and go through the to to the to that other universe. Like we we don't follow those characters anymore. They're not they're not our. Um, Amir and our Mike, or you know, uh, they are just if they're different ones, um, which is yeah. yeah, it's so complicated. It's like that's <laughs> the thing. It's like I was when I was worried when we were going to do this because I was like, are we going to talk about the plot? Because it's almost impossible to talk about the plot because it's so bloody complicated. Um, but I feel yeah. like we did a, a good way again. But I, I'm just going to say it right now. We are almost out of time because we have like an hour yeah. to record. Yeah. We're running on overtime right now, so we'll just kind of. We'll just we can kind of wrap it up right now if you want, Eric. Um, let, let me um, let me ask you this: Did I pick mm-hmm. a good movie for you? Oh my god, perfect movie <laughs> to start to start this with. I, I, it's going to be difficult for me to top this movie in terms of like I feel like you and I could keep talking for another three hours about this movie easy. Um, so perfect movie to start it. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes as we kind of like you know what I mean, like start to like. Um, really start getting in the weeds with things and like I'm not saying that we, mm-hmm. we should do it as a challenge to the other person but I do feel like there should be an element of that where we're like let's see I'll see if Eric like let's see what Eric will, will do with something like this you know what I mean like it could be yeah. interesting to like see if we can push each other to go maybe it's outside of our comfort zone slightly um, and, yeah. and it, it, with what we watch um, but yeah perfect perfect first movie in my opinion for this yeah I mean and, and- and it, it could be, you know, like next week there's something, there's something showing, and it kind of fits within our time frame. Then we're probably going to do that, whatever the new releases of that. Yeah, week. But, for sure. Mm-hmm. But if there's like something that we're not interested in, or uh, it doesn't work out with our time, this is this is kind of what we're going to fall back on. Because I mean, I it's still going to be a movie that either I haven't seen or you haven't seen. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be like almost having a new experience every time. And oh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I am. And, and, it, and it's nice to, to like, I can imagine for you and I, and hopefully it will for me, be for me when I make, when we do my pick, but I feel like it, it's nice to re reapproach a movie that you're recommending to somebody and then sit down and reappraise it yourself and be like, okay, like, like what is it that I did love about this movie? Because we're, we're looking at yeah. things obviously through far more critical of a, uh, a lens as we were just when we're doing it for, for a hobby. You know what I mean? It's now like, we're, yeah. now that we have the podcast, I guess we're looking at it slightly differently. But um, with that being said, I just wanted to run this by you, Eric, and also listeners. Um, I figured that, um, Eric and I, obviously, we discuss what we're going to do next, and we usually come to the conclusion relative, like, midway through the week. So a couple of days after this episode drops, we'll come up with the idea of what movie we're going to do next. I think what, mm-hmm. uh, and I was going to run this by you, how about if I post on our Instagram or through our social what movie we decided that we're going to do in advance? So it gives people who are following along with this a chance to go, okay, I'll I'll see if I can watch that movie by the time this next pod, podcast comes out. So in in yeah. a way, it's like we're doing like it's like a book club in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you think that'd be a good idea? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, uh, yeah, you post it, and then uh, anybody who has listened up to this point just comment on that post and kind of give us a an idea of what you think. You know, um, as yeah. far as if you like if you like that format or this format that we're doing now. Um, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And obviously there's going to be times where we will be like, okay, we're going to do, uh, uh, I don't know, we're going to do June 
um, say June's coming out and we're going to do June and we'll be like on, on a Wednesday, I'll be like, hey, just so you guys know, next episode's going to be on June. Um, gives you a chance to watch it before the podcast drops. If something happens, because like obviously we, me and Eric have full-time jobs and like commitments. If it happens that we can't do it, we'll just, we'll, you know what I mean? We can, we'll, we'll, we'll make arrangements, but we'll not just like leave you guys in the dark and be like, oh, psych, we're not dropping June. We're going to do something else. We'll, we'll, <laughs> oh, we, we'll kind of, we make... will be watching Dune. Don't worry. Oh, well, for sure. We'll be watching June. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I mean, like I'll probably, I'll risk COVID for June for sure. Um, I can't wait for that movie. Um, but, uh, do we have any ideas of what we might be doing next week with that being said? Um, I think, I think, uh, Nighthouse might come out. Um, oh yes, uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not for certain about that, but I think that is coming out. Um, and Reminiscence too, and that one as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll figure out between those two. Um, hopefully, we can get into the theater to see those or one of them. Um, but obviously, like we said, failing that, we've got plans. Don't worry. There's a billion movies we can talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so with everything being said, I think it was a great episode. I'm I'm actually a little disappointed we have to cut it short as we, we have to, but I <laughs> I just keep looking at this recording. I'm like, when's it gonna run out? When's it gonna run out? <laughs> <laughs> Any moment now. Well thanks, Eric. Well, um Yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it. Oh I did. And thanks thanks for that. Like that was a great way to start it. Um and uh uh, hopefully i will we already know i'm not going to announce it right now but you know what we're going to do next for my pick so i'm very oh, yeah. excited for that conversation because talk <laughs> about a completely different movie um yeah. it's going to be on the complete opposite spectrum so that'll be good um okay right. well thanks thanks once again eric and thanks everybody to listening um we're, hopefully this just keeps getting better with every episode eric and i feel like it is and um we're, we're going to keep getting better keep growing and uh, look forward to many more episodes to come. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks.